it's a, it's kind of a serious it's kind of a serious thing. I, I feel like in the you know we're all excited about going and people are going and coming and all that, but I feel kind of a settling down to this is getting drawing to kind of a a point here, uh, uh, not an end, but uh, you know the things are like Debbie even said. It's getting, you know, less and less people here, if you can say it that way. The presence of the Lord is still here. It's not a problem with that. But I just felt like, Lord, what would I say, you know, to encourage? I think if I've ever learned anything in serving the Lord is in times like these, the devil's out there looking to find somebody he can destroy. In the middle of all of this, you know, he'll come and discourage us, try to, you know, make it seem like it's never going to happen. That's where the devil is. That's all he's got is his tools. So as I was thinking along that lines, that scripture came to me that said, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Has not given us a spirit of fear. And I know with the magnitude of, of, of some of you that have sold your homes and everything you have and moved out of your house to move over, that's a, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot stressful thing. You know, that's really can wear us down. And so the devil will take that opportunity to um, begin to try and put a spirit of fear on us. And he will. Thank, thankful to pastor. He's keeping the doors open for us as much as he can here. But so we have this little enemy that wants to derail us if he can says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of power, a spirit of power. Understand the spirit of power in our heart. When we can rise up in the spirit of the Lord and his power, we can stop the devil that comes in and cut those things short. When those thoughts come in, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Devil, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. He says, but you know when you're dealing with fear, sometimes that's the last thing you think of. All I can see is I'm protecting myself and guarding everything I have I can. But the Lord says, I've given you power, the first thing. I give you power to stop him and stop the devil when he comes and brings a lie, puts a, a heaviness in your heart. Satan, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Lord says in the scripture, he gave us that spirit of power. And he also gave us the spirit of a sound mind. That word sound means disciplined. Disciplined. We train ourselves. And when that devil comes, I say, wait a minute, devil. Mm -mm. My mind's not going to receive it because I know the Lord. And it's a thing, it's a thing of training. And I know this teaching we receive here, I don't see many weak people at all. Not that I'm trying to gauge people. There's a lot of word in everybody and all you. There's a lot of word in here. We activate that when the devil comes at us. When we say a disciplined mind, we know what we, what we have to hear is what the Lord says to us. We don't have to hear what he says to us. Doesn't make a difference what he has to say. So, in that, this is part of a lesson that I taught in, in the class here um, a few months back. The sound mind. 
It's a disciplined mind. So we need to make sure that we don't let our mind drift out into things that are anti-God, if you might say, that become an insult to him. When we say some things that could be an insult to the Lord, like I'm taking care of you, uh, walk with me, and then we begin to question the Lord, you know. And there's nothing wrong with questioning. He's not afraid of questions. He, but we need to know that we come to a position where we are going to receive that, and, and that's going to be my thought now about those things. We should be over the fact that the Lord wants us to stay or not. I know when I heard the announcement of that, I just kind of went numb, you know. First of all, I thought, whoa, that's big, you know, that's big. A disciplined mind is going to take that in and, and begin to decipher it and, and look, how is that, is that fitting in my life? Is that for me or is that for, not for me, you know. And we're not, I know pastor's not trying to divide the church up. The last thing he would ever do was to give his life to this church. So I'm sure he wouldn't do that. But, you know, some of us are going to stay and some are going to leave, you know. So we just are training here tonight to not let the devil come in and try to ruin what's going on. See, when we're kind of strung out there moving, that's when the devil will come in and strike. <clears throat> so our thoughts should be controlled by the Spirit of God. It says, the Spirit of the Lord should give strength to our thoughts. The Spirit of the Lord should bring the strength to our thoughts, and our thoughts should be controlled by him. And our thoughts controlled by the Lord become sound or become disciplined in him. He has a way of doing that, teaching us and training us in the ways of discipline, his discipline, where we can tell the difference of right or wrong. You know, we talk once in a while about people who think it's just okay to sip a little wine. Mm -mm. No, the devil's just won a big victory. He's won a victory. I mean, you know, I know there's medicines that can make you dizzy and all that type of thing, but the purpose of why we're taking it is the problem. And so I can take that and still stand right here and preach. Yeah, but you have made a big mistake. You have made a big mistake when it comes to who your thoughts are going to hear next time. Sound mind. Where's my thoughts? My thoughts are centered on the Lord. So we have many things that affect us. Many things affect our our sound mind, our mind, our thought patterns, how we come to conclusions in our life. Many things affect us in that. And it becomes a, a part of our foundation of how we make our decisions. It's kind of technical, but you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I put in me a mechanism that how I discern what's right or wrong. If I'm a drinker, right? If I'm a drinker, what's the problem with the drinking? In my mind, I formed my mind to say that's okay. If it's okay to do this, okay to do that, I formed that, the basis of my decision making. And we know with some of those churches, they say it's okay. But what else have they changed their thinking on in that process? There's a lot that's been changed in there. And so we hear it now, and I mean, them guys ought to be shamed and hide their face. But this foundation of our thoughts, our 
mind that's controlled by the Spirit of the Lord are always dedicated and looking toward the things of the Lord is what he wants in us, what he wants in us. There are uh, things that affect our decision that are outside of, say, drinking or whatever, sinful things, but they are things like negative thoughts. If we're a negative, bent person and we see everything in a negative thing, it's going to be hard to see positive things of the Lord when our mind is trained to be negative. Understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a step of faith in our life that we believe. But there's negative thoughts that come in that are going to change our, our decision-making. There's also doubt. This is when we have to go through things, uh, especially in the, the magnitude of, of what's going on in all of our lives right now. Like Gabby said, the church, you know, like we're, we're separating out. I don't, I don't see it that way other than the fact that, yeah, you, I don't think I'm going to move to Oklahoma, you know what I mean? But I sure hope I'm welcome there. I hope we're welcome there when we, hey, we're going to have to come out, Susan, right? We're going to have to. <clears throat> so negative thoughts affect the way we think. Our, our, um, our mind. Doubt and fear and confusion. These are things that pass through our mind. Confusion. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go? Should I not go? Should I, what, what should I do here? Confusion can come into our thinking and it's part of this attack of the enemy that he that he puts on us, that we don't hear the word of true the word of the Lord truly. It's it's mixed in with well, with this and that. And the Lord doesn't want robots, but he wants our mind to be trained to be able to see in the spirit what the Lord's doing to us. You know, we're old old carnal men. We're old carnal uh, human beings here that have been raised up doing our own thing doing what we like, and now we come into church and the old body is used to doing all those things. But now we're going to change it, and how do we change it? By the renewing of our mind. And the devil's going to throw fear at you to get you to not go that direction. So it's this, this attack we get from the enemy on us. To, he wants to, you know, you hear about the, the colleges are putting out students that are, say, they, they, they see the world in the way they've been taught in the school, you know? And we see how it's affecting the United States, right? All that liberal teaching that's been going on in the country. Yeah, we see how that's doing, and that's the norm, I guess. I haven't lived out in the world in a long time, but it sure, it sure sounds like it's, it's the norm. But that's what we've been trained. And so we have to take the things of the Lord and put that aside and take him and his words and believe on them. And when we do it, talk's cheap. But when we do what the Lord says to do, if he says to move to Oklahoma, Pastor, how can you do anything else but move to Oklahoma? If you lose every thin friend you have. And the same with all of us. If we lose everybody we know. And the Lord says to go and we know that we have to go. You have to go. The Lord knows what he's doing. And it's not going to be a bad turnout. 
it's going to work out right, but it might take some hard work. And I know you guys are struggling and, and toiling many times trying to get these pieces to kind of fit together so we can get this thing going. I understand that. The Lord understands that too. He knows and he sees. And he can work those miracles out like he did for Frank. I mean, the Lord does those things. And we give him the praise for it. But we have to also keep this old man, keep this old man in line here. So we have these things that will affect our thinking, which is doubt, fear, confusion. We can even have things like um, self-confidence that can get in the way of what the Lord wants to. You know, he, he doesn't want us all beat down, but he don't want us so sure in ourselves on what we say that we override what he's trying to do in our lives. There's always that part. And the Lord doesn't want a bunch of wimps and weaklings that can't think for themselves, but don't we don't want to rise up. See, that's what Satan did. He says, I'm just going to raise my throne higher than the throne of God. You think these... All the worshipers out here in heaven are worshiping me. And not God behind me. Not God up higher than I am. And that's what Satan did. I'm going to raise my throne up higher than your throne. Where, where was his mind? Wasn't in the right place, was it? So we have this, this situation here that we uh, need to deal with our mind. There are Christian counselors that we can go to and talk to. Sometimes we do get in situations where it's hard to discern which way to go, which way to go because of this and because of that. And sometimes we go to a good counselor that, that counsels Christian uh, directions. Then we're going to receive, without all of my concerns, I just trust and I say, Pastor, what do you think about this? It's not affecting him. But I can ask him for his decision. What do you think about this? Well, I don't think it's a good idea. Well, thank you. I mean, if we, are, if we do it right, unless we want this thing more, then we want the truth of the Lord in our life. But if we can take that counsel from somebody and receive it in our heart and not argue with it, go home and argue to myself. He don't even know what he's talking about. I don't know about that pastor. I don't know. No. What do we want? We want a disciplined mind. We want this mind that is sound, that will not be tore here and tore there because, well, I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. So the Lord sets these processes up for us to help us. He wants us to be in process with him. And allowing our mind to be trained. And I know here the word in this place has uh, trained many a people. And trained me. And helped me. Helped me to see inside the workings of the Lord in our life. And I appreciate that because it's so easy to just go off and do our own thing, you know. After all, I'm, a, I'm an adult now, you know. So. <clears throat> so many do go seek counselors. And hopefully they're Christian counselors, but I've known people that that um, that don't seek Christian counselors and they get they get messed up, you know. 
So God lays out a plan for us to walk, and we receive his blessings and directions when we walk in them, not something else. That sounds real simplified, but it is simple. Because sometimes what he asks us to do isn't the easiest thing. It's not the easiest thing. It must be Joseph when the, what, the Lord woke up Joseph and said, get up and take, uh, take Mary and the baby and go to Egypt, you know. I mean, what do you do? Well, man, I got this thing tomorrow. Can I go the day after tomorrow? You know, that's the way we think, you're right? That's the way we think. But it's, it's the Lord is testing us to see if we'll be obedient to him. Um, and so God lays out a path for us to walk, and he wants to give us his blessings. It says, Psalms 1-2 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight, what he loves more than anything is the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord. What do you want from me, Lord? I think about these men that are trying to rule the world, and they got millions and billions and trillions of dollars, and it's not going to buy them one second. We're, their mind is so caught up on money and everything else. And it won't buy them one more second of life. And yet we have the words of life and of truth, and we can take that to ourselves and live our, our puny little lives in their, in, in their way of looking at it. And so we've got eternity that's waiting for us with the Lord. Doing what? Just the silliest things. Go to church and read the Bible and all that. What a silly little thing. It's so simple. How can we miss it? Right? It's because the Lord is always judging our heart. He's always judging our heart to see, to make sure that we're, we're, we're still following him. He's the priority in my life. It's important. But it's, it's the way the Lord keeps us in line and, and trains us. So blessed is the man that walks not in those things. Not that we do it and we get all smart know that we are able to see enough of the Lord that we would say wait a minute I know where the council is where's the Bible say the Bible says the council's in with the brethren it says that uh, I think the Bible says in there somewhere I don't remember the scripture right now but even a small child has greater wisdom than the great people that know it all when they're talking about spiritual matters, even the children know. We can ask these children things about God, and they know more than the people up in town that owns half the town. You know what I mean? So it's important. So when the devil comes in, he wants to come in and derail everybody. We got it all mounted up. We're going we're gonna to move and start a new church under the direction of the Lord. They want to stop that. They want to try to keep that down all they can. But how are they going to do that when we're all together? And we're together whether we're even traveling back there or not. Because you guys, this church, the people are part of our life. The spiritual content in my life came mostly from this church. We have other churches and I learned there. And then that builds on now. So we build and we add 
to ourselves what the Lord's bringing into us. It's not just one person. It's the body. It's the body. <clears throat> Zephaniah, that's the last verse we'll read tonight. But Zephaniah 3.17, we used to sing this as a song, but I don't want to, the Lord woke me up at this. So I said, okay, it's what you want. Lord, uh, Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee, you might even know it, Kay, is mighty. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee. Where are you at? Driving down the freeway? He's in there with you. He's wherever you are. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. That's what we need to hear and take to our heart. Because the devil don't want us to know that. He doesn't want us to know that. He will save he will rejoice over thee with joy. The devil's going to rub his hands and say, ha, 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 I got another one. No, the Lord's going to rejoice over us with, with joy. He will rest in his love. His love will rest upon us. His love will rest upon us. <clears throat> For he will joy over thee with singing. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love, and he will joy over thee with singing. That's the Lord thy God in heaven. And if he says whatever he says to do, we do. We do. And we allow him to build those things into our life that we can be. We're going to go, Pastor, I don't, we're going to go somewhere else and we feel like we're going to be useful to somebody else. What do we do? We help. We do what the Lord wants us to do. That's what we do. We have to sit back and take a vacation. What does a vacation give you? I take a day is okay once in a while, but don't take a year. Don't do it. We stay in the house of the Lord, but that's where the good things are. I want him to rejoice over me. I'm glad I raised him up. And that's what he says to everybody. He's glad for us. Don't let the devil beat us out of that. Goes in and gives us a sound mind when the devil comes. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.